Welcome to the You Can Do It, I Believe in You podcast, all about following along the raw experiences of choosing entrepreneurship and diving into conversational individual journeys with sprinkles of business tips along the way. I'm your host, Kiara Vandegrift, founder of Virtually Claddy, a Marine Corps veteran turned mother and online business manager. I am on a mission to inspire small businesses and feeling confident in their systems and processes so their team and clients feel supported and equipped for success. My goal is to inspire you to get out of your head and just do it scared because everyone has a story of where they started. Let's do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Listen, I was sweating my ass off on launch day. I had to remind myself that it wasn't healthy to keep refreshing my stats. I was sitting there like a psycho just checking my stats, okay? But I am so happy that you opted to come back and listen to little old me. So thank you for that and thank you for listening to episode one. So we're just going to dive right into it, okay? This week we're just going for it. We're going to go way back to what I really consider is the beginning of my journey. And as I mentioned last week, I was actually in the Marine Corps. And when I initially tried to join, it was like 2008, 2009, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, as most of us are at that age. Um, My best friend and I walked into the Marine Corps office at our local mall and decided right then and there that we were just going to do it okay I get asked all the time why the Marine Corps why not any other branch and at the time I would have told you if I'm going to do something dumb you know if I'm going to do something stupid I may as well do it with the most badass of all the branches but if you ask me now I'll tell you it's because I didn't know any better I should have joined the Air Force okay But then my story would have been completely different than it is now, and I probably wouldn't be here doing this podcast. Anyway, I tried signing up, and I actually got denied. You know, they really fine-tooth comb through your medical history. And I was denied for a cyst removal that I had in, like, ninth grade, a couple years prior to wanting to join. Like, out of all the things I could have been denied for, that was the thing. And even though I was denied, my best friend, she actually went on to boot camp. And I was happy, but I was also sad. You know, I was excited because she was doing it. She was doing the damn thing. But I was also sad because, you know, I wanted us to do it together. I pictured this process right alongside her. And actually, after I got denied at some point, I actually kind of gave up on joining. I kept thinking, why bother? What's the point? I'm just going to keep getting denied. So I graduated high school in 2009. Wait, that seems like it was yesterday, but it was definitely like 14 years ago. Anyway, I graduated with a full scholarship to any state university. And you know what I did? I got accepted to UMass Dartmouth and then I blew it. I freaking blew it. I was going through a heartbreak. And you can go ahead and roll your eyes because, yeah, you know how it is. You know, you think you found the love of your life in high school and you're going to spend the rest of forever with them. 
And don't get me wrong, I am for all those love stories of people marrying their high school sweethearts and living until, you know, they get old together. But, you know, the reality is that that doesn't really happen for the majority of people. So here I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, thinking that my life is just so over because of a boy. And I do want to add that at this time, I was also working part time while going to school full time. But my head just wasn't in school. My grades were slipping. I was partying. I was drinking. I was smoking here and there. I was skipping class. I was putting myself in like these reckless ass situations. And I was doing it all with like this huge smile on my face. (laughs) So no one really knew what I was doing. And then one day I sat down and I started talking to myself. Like literally sat there and looked at myself and was talking to myself. Like, what are you doing, Kiara? We can't keep doing this. Like, you're ruining your life for what? We got to get out of here. And I decided I was going to try to go for it again. And so because I still had a relationship with the recruiters at the local office, I actually walked right back in there and I asked them, like, what do I have to do to get in? Man, I was not prepared for the hoops that they were going to make me jump through. I was literally driving around Massachusetts and Rhode Island, gathering medical documents and calling my pediatrician from way back in New York. I was making doctor's appointments just to get physicals, just so I can get written approvals from my pediatrician to submit to MAPS. And MAPS is, it stands for Military Entrance Processing Station. And everything is an acronym in the military. It's really annoying. Obviously, we know how the story goes, right? I dropped out of school, put all my efforts into joining, and then I was working almost full time. And then right when I was going to get promoted to assistant manager, I actually get the news that I was accepted. And I shipped out almost a year after my best friend. I shipped out May of 2010 for my 13 weeks of training. And I can honestly say I never looked back. And listen, boot camp was exactly what I had imagined. It was the best, worst time of my life. And yeah, I would do it again. Now that I know that I really don't have to. (laughs) Um, The first few days are almost a blur, if I'm being honest. You're nervous and excited, but it also doesn't feel real. It kind of feels like a dream. I remember moving really fast and being yelled at a lot. Literally for every single thing, it felt like a movie. Okay, like... You're trying to call your parents and they're sitting there right right in your face, yelling at you to hurry up. It was just hectic. And they actually keep you awake, like awake for a few days, or at least that's what it felt like. It could have been like two days, maybe a day or so. Maybe it was a couple hours. I don't know. But it was hectic, okay? Every day was hectic. And I even signed up for church at some point just so that I could get a break. And I'm not even religious. And I definitely wasn't religious then. But I signed up anyway, okay? I was whatever religion I was going to be that week. I also want to add that it was like incredibly hot in South Carolina. I actually had never been to South Carolina before this. So I had no idea how actual, like how hot it actually got down there. It was, I'm sweating just thinking about it. Okay. Anyway, a few weeks into boot camp, I was dropped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I almost gave up. Like at this point, I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Not because it was hard, but. Most of the time while you're there, it's really all about your mentality. It's all mental. 
I almost gave up because I didn't want to be in a group with new girls. You know, I'm, I'm 18 years old. I already made friends, you know, I don't want to start over. But it, it really hadn't occurred to me at the time that like, hello, it doesn't matter what group of girls you're in. It sucks. Boot camp sucks. It sucks for them. It sucks for the other girls. It sucks for you. It sucks for everybody. Okay. It sucks. So that's the one thing you all have in common. We finally graduated September of 2010. And right after that, they push you right into more training, which sucked even more. Listen, MCT sucks so much that I actually wished I could do boot camp for another 13 weeks than to do one month of MCT. It's actually here in North Carolina, that training for MCT, and it rained almost the entire time, and it was freaking cold. There was a week where, like during that training, where we can't really have real showers, you're literally like trying to shower as much as you can with like baby wipes and bottled water, get all the like nooks and crannies, and if we needed to use the bathroom, we'd have to go in porta-potties. Man, it smells so bad. Think a bunch of teenage kids, okay, boys and girls, sweating from moving all day and then damp clothes from the rain and shoes that are also soaked. Ew, I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> um, But you know what? It wasn't all terrible. I made great friends. I actually shot weapons during that time that I never even imagined I would ever touch. I didn't even know existed. So it wasn't all about you know, it's sucking. It was more like embrace the suck. And we were just embracing the suck. And after completing MTT, you go off to learn your job. And back then, my job was actually called Aircraft Maintenance Administrations Specialist or something like that. The name has since changed. But that time that I was at the school, it actually, it was kind of like a blur too. It was basically schoolwork, Lounging around, partying, bowling, movie nights, basically college, but only for a few months. We were finally treated like Marines rather than like the scum you find at the bottom of your shoe. Um, there's not really much that stands out from that time in Mississippi, but it was my first real encounter with racism. And man, there are some real racist people down there. My northern New Yorker self was not ready. I was beyond happy to have received orders to California in December of 2010 to get up out of there. But I was super excited because my best friend was also stationed in California. Want to know something else? Back in October of 2010, my little sister also joined the Marine Corps. So right after I graduated, she went right into boot camp. And she graduated January of 2011. And then she also got stationed in California. Crazy, right? So me, my best friend, and my, and my sister, my blood sister, yes, we're all stationed in California together. So back to what I was saying. Um, I get to Camp Pendleton, California, and no one has a clue on where I should go. Okay, they don't have like people at the airport waiting for you. They don't like send you a message like, hey, this is where you should go, what you should do. It's like, hey, this is your unit, figure it out kind of thing. At least that's what it felt like for me. Because I get to the base and it's freaking huge, okay? No one had a clue where I should go. Everybody I asked, like all the guards at the gate, I'm like, okay, where's this unit? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Like, nobody knew anything, okay? Like, can you believe that? Are you serious? I'm brand new. 
obviously I found the unit at some point. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling the story. And I check in and the fun begins. Okay. All of the crap that my recruiter told me about the Marine Corps was complete bullshit. I check in and it's a freaking shit show. Okay. My first week there, I witnessed an NJP, which is a non-judicial punishment of a Marine that had already been NJP'd numerous times before I arrived. If I didn't give a fuck was a person, it would be him, okay? I was on every working party, which is really just you doing random stupid things like setting up for ceremonies, cleaning the bathrooms, or whatever else they could think of to keep you busy. And I accidentally shredded the wrong stack of folders in my shop. Listen, it was nothing like I had expected. We're just going to go back a little bit and rewind, and we're going to dive right into the shredding story because that's really when things started to change for me. In the Marine Corps, they try to groom you into just doing what you're told without questioning anything. And during my first week, that's what I did, okay? I was instructed to shred a stack of red folders. At the time, there were two identical stacks side by side. I didn't think to ask which ones. I assumed it was just both stacks, right? Hey, shred the folders. Okay, that's it. Turns out that I shredded the wrong stack of folders. I actually shredded the negative counseling paperwork for current Marines in the shop instead of past Marines. And what this did was basically it gave everyone a blank slate. All of the things that they were like previously written up for were now in the shredder. And can you believe, okay, that the sergeant that told me to shred the folders, he wanted to write me up for it. So it was at this moment that they fucked up because I no longer just did what I was told. Mm -mm, Nope. I questioned everything. Every single thing after that day. Why? Because I realized that when you just do what you're told blindly and things don't go as planned, no one hesitates to throw you under the bus or take you down for it. Even if they're the ones that gave you the green light. You know what else I learned from this incident? I learned that no one kept electronic copies of counseling paperwork. Everyone was using the actual template to write new ones. Let me not even get started on the fact that there are constant moving parts and the system that was like had for checking out parts or checking out cars. It was just a mess. Everything was on paper. Everything was written. Back then, there was like no like actual system electronically everything was just on paper so if that paper went missing if that paper was damaged if that paper was gone that's it that's all you had that was really shitty okay that was horrible because when things went missing it was like it was chaos and everyone thinks that the military is like so organized the truth is it's really just a bunch of adults who joined when they were like 17 18 don't know anything else and they're all just kind of winging it okay just winging it. Hey, that sounds like it's accurate. That sounds about right. Just go for it. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I was like, this, this cannot be it. This cannot be the Marine Corps. This cannot be the military that the country relies on. (laughs) And it's not all bad. I'm just, you know, I'm being, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit. It's really not all bad. I learned so much about leadership. I learned about the kind of leader I wanted to be. I actually had this really amazing leader who he always had your back. He always took the time to explain things. He never got flustered whenever you asked questions um, for further clarification. He really understood what it was like to be a leader. But that's not to say that they're all like that, okay? I've also had some really not so great leaders, some micromanagers, anti-feminist leaders, just 
you kind of get a little bit of everything in the Marine Corps. And when I say that, I mean across the board, like you get people from all walks of life, from all different cultures, different countries. I actually met someone who was from Africa, someone else who was Polynesian. Um, so it was just, it was, it was great. It was such a great experience. It was actually the most cultured I've ever felt. And this is like, you become friends with people you never even imagined being friends with, okay? It was the best time of my life. I can honestly say that. Boot camp wasn't, but the Marine Corps as a whole definitely paved the path for me because I also realized then at that moment how important organization was, how important it was to have structure and to speak up about ideas that you have because they might actually be better than what's already in place. I started to see things as a whole instead of seeing them as individual pieces. I started to see them as a whole and how they put how when they come together, it makes sense. And that's not to say that, you know, my way is the best way It's to say that, like, sometimes people become so set in their ways that it becomes harder for them the longer that they're in to see bigger picture things. So we're going to fast forward just a little bit in 2000 and. 11, the end of 2011, going into 2012. Man, I don't even remember. Or was it 2012 going into 2013? Oh my goodness, the years are a mess. But that's besides the point. At some point, I actually end up deploying with my unit to Afghanistan. And let me tell you, okay, it is not easy waking up to the same people, going to work with the same people. You literally eat shit and sleep with the same people, okay? So tensions rose, arguments happened. At some point, like, things were just so strained. We were all sick of each other, okay? And Obviously, when you go out there, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to have, you know, fight with my friends or I'm it, it, it happens. OK, like it was crazy. But Afghanistan was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, if I'm being honest. And another surprise here is that when I deployed, so did my best friend and my sister. Technically, my sister and I were not supposed to deploy at the same time. Because I know most of you are going to be like, okay, but how are you guys deployed if you're both from the same family? But my sister and I actually do not have the same last names. But my mom was panicked the entire time. Like both of her kids were in Afghanistan at the same time. And I wouldn't take it back for anything. I would actually go back. If I was asked to go back, I would totally go back. It was definitely an experience um, all around. It was the first time I shit in a bag. I'm laughing because just thinking about it, just you just do some crazy things that you never like. You're sitting in the bathroom and you're just like, it's normal for you while you're there, but like if you, like thinking back on it now, you're like, holy crap! Like people never do that. If you would have asked younger me, like, do you see yourself shitting in a bag? I would have looked at you like you're like dumb. Like hell no! Why would I do that? But <laughs> but you're not thinking about that. Like when you're going through the moments, um, you're kind of just living life and you're. Just, doing your own thing and also like so young and you're also so wise all at the same time it's crazy so my so we all ended up deployed at the same time and 
it was nice. It was nice to have people with me. A lot of people don't have that experience, don't get to, to do that with their you know, with their best friend or with their siblings. I actually ran into my recruiter while I was in Afghanistan at the bus stop on my way to work. Isn't that strange? And I totally looked at him and I was like, you fucking lied. He's like, yeah, I did. I, I had a job to do. But look at you. You know, he, he tried to turn it around. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to pretend like you set me up. You got me to sign these papers. You let me drop out of school knowing that I could have come an officer instead. It was just... So disappointing. But you know what? He was a good person. He was doing his job. And now now that I was in and now that my husband has actually been a recruiter, I understand a little bit more about the stress and the strain of being a recruiter and trying to get people in. Thankfully, I never had to do that because I actually opted to voluntary early release in 2013. So instead of completing my contract all the way through until May of 2014, I actually got out in October of 2013. They were like, hey, we need to downsize. And I volunteered. I raised my hand. I was like, let's go. Me. (laughs) Uh, Do I regret it though? Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have at least stuck it out to to the rest of my enlistment. I actually wish that I knew then what I know now. I learned so much about myself once I got out and so much that I wish I had known while I was in. I would have taken so much more advantage of the educational benefits while you're in. I should have started school, completed my bachelor's, maybe my master's while being in, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that then. I didn't know how to start. I didn't know how to begin, what the process was. And really, that wasn't really my priority at the time. I was still very young and very naive and just very self-centered. It was it was a beautiful time. And I'm so glad that I was actually able to share that with you. <laughs> it's um it's very nice to be a little bit more vulnerable than I have been. I don't really share a whole lot about myself and a whole lot about my story. So, thank you so much for even being here and I just want you to remember that everyone has a story. And everyone should share their story. It really helps people get to know you and who you are as a person and how you came to be this kind of person. And I didn't really think of myself as that type of person, this kind of person that talks about, you know, their life. Um, So I just want you to remember that, you know, even when we have that voice in our heads that's telling us your story is not worth telling, I want you to remember my daughter's voice in the intro telling you, you can do it. I believe in you. You can connect with me on Instagram at virtually cloudy. Be sure to press the subscribe button so that you may get the reminders when new episodes are released. I'm so excited to take you along on this journey and inspire you to keep pushing forward and upwards. See you next time. Bye.